You're listening to Here for Good, an academic podcast from leading researchers at Avondale College. Welcome to Avondale's Here for Good research series. Today, Dr. Carolyn Rickett, Associate Dean of Research, speaks with guest Daniel Renault, who is an Associate Professor and Anzac Historian, and has completed research specifically in the area of Anzacs and religion. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you, Carolyn. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. I'm really fascinated by your recent work on Anzac spirituality. I just wondered if you could share a little bit about that space with us today. Yeah, look, this is something I've been looking at for over 10 years now, and uh, I've been diving into soldier diaries, and uh, these texts are are very rich. And uh, I found not just material on spirituality, but a whole range of other areas that makes me want to explore those as well. Fantastic. I mean, I know you've a lot of your work has spoken back to some of the stereotypes of Anzacs. What's the popular view of the religious life of the Anzacs, Daniel? Well, it's a fairly widespread view that they didn't really engage in religion or spirituality at all. And it's not just a popular view. It's actually academics have said the same thing, that the Anzacs, on the whole, were not interested in religion. And what did you find out in your work? Well, I kind of thought that can't be entirely true. It's it's definitely true as an overall impression. There's no doubt about that. And we also need to make the point that that's not unique to Anzac. Uh, the British were the same. Even the Americans, who we think of as a an overtly religious country, uh, scholarship has shown in the First World War, it doesn't show up as much as they expected. So back to Australia, uh, yeah, they said... The, the Aussie soldier, the average Aussie soldier wasn't interested in religion. And I thought that can't be entirely true because a certain percentage of men we know attended church in peacetime. They wouldn't necessarily switch off automatically in war. So I went back to reading diaries to see what I could find it there. And what did you find? Well, I thought I'd find about 10% of the Anzacs were engaged in some sort of religion or spirituality. I was quite shocked to find that more than a third of the diaries that I read had something to say on religion and spirituality, and most of it was positive. In fact, I think it would be a fair estimate that 20 to 25% of the Anzacs were actively engaged in religion during the war. So I know you've done a lot of work with original sources, and I've heard you speak and present before where you've drawn on some of those sources. If you could share with our audience some material from those sources and just talk us through some things you've been finding. Well, I've been looking at various aspects of their spirituality. Uh, For instance, the thing that comes up most often as um, religion that they hated was the official church parades every Sunday – when they were out of the line. Obviously, in the front line, you couldn't run church services. And I thought, well, look, here's a good place to start because we know that soldiers didn't enjoy them. But what I found was that for every comment that was negative about official church parades, there were two positive ones. And what makes it even weirder was that half the negative ones were because the activities weren't religious enough not because they were too religious. And so, for instance, the things they didn't like about church services were things like they had to prepare for two hours beforehand. They had to be in spick and span uniform. 
and then the, the parade might last two hours because the colonel wanted to read out new orders and et cetera, et cetera. So the whole thing is four hours of tedium. So it's not church they're objecting to. It's the whole boring process of getting ready. And that really surprised me. I, I thought the thing they hated the most would be more clear and obvious. But even that is something that on the whole, many soldiers really appreciated. So, Daniel, you're saying that Anzacs were spiritual. How do you know? Well, there's various sources of evidence that I've used, but the best sources are the soldiers' actual writings themselves, their diaries and their letters, many of which have been preserved in places like the Australian War Memorial, the New South Wales State Archives. And I've been reading these. In fact, when I came to write, I chose to use their words rather than mine to build the case. Uh, diaries and letters are terrific ways of getting how soldiers felt and thought about things. There are some cautions, of course. Uh, people write diaries for different reasons. When people write letters home, they're not necessarily telling a whole truth. They've got an audience in mind. But if we take those things into consideration... They are very rich texts for understanding the inner workings of the soldier's mind and their hearts. I know you're really passionate about bringing those voices um, to audiences. Would you be able to share a couple of those reflections from a diary for us? Sure. Here's one from a soldier whose father was a clergyman, but he'd left faith. But he still wrote, I don't think I was ever a great man for heroics, but I do believe there are some things worth more than life. I curse the system of government, the hideous fraud of a civilization which permits this dreadful welter of blood and suffering to have enveloped the world in modern times. And yet, I go to join in, believing that the only hope for salvation of the world is a speedy victory for the Allies. Now, that's a pretty powerful statement. Another soldier, a very active Christian, he was an officer, very effective officer, and he was very concerned about going to war to kill the enemy out of hate. And he heard a sermon from a chaplain that he really valued, and he wrote in his diary, the chaplain said of loving one's enemies, I love the Germans so much that I've come out here to help thrash the offending Adam out of him. I'm trying to develop such a spirit. I do not want to go into battle with a hatred burning up all that is good. That sounds too much like vengeance. But if I can fight with the feeling of punishing them for the evil they've done, I'll be helping to thrash the offending Adam out of them. Well, I don't particularly uh, concur with his theology as such, but it's a very interesting perspective and it shows a man wrestling both intellectually and emotionally with his attitude to war. How does he go about this killing business as a Christian? Which is a very, very interesting um, concept to have to deal with. Talking about the scope of those diaries, how many diaries would you have read over the past decade? Probably 1,200 now. And uh, that's, a, that's a big sample. And it provides so much evidence of soldier life in, in all sorts of dimensions. I mean, one of, the, one of the side alleys that I've gone down is to explore soldier food because another myth is that they lived on bully beef and biscuits. And actually, it's much richer again 
than the myth. Is this the shaping of a new book on diet? Or? We are working on a book on uh, what the Anzacs ate. It is, it is a fantastic story. Have you got a little teaser for us now, what you're finding? Well, some of them uh, really loved French food and some of them were absolutely terrified by it. You're listening to Here for Good, a podcast from leading researchers at Avondale College. Just going back to Anzac spirituality, Daniel, what are some of the recurring themes that you've found that's unique to your research? Well, the first thing is the degree to which Anzacs engaged with spirituality. And in that era, of course, they didn't use that term. They used religion. Uh, It meant a lot to them. Uh, It often gave them a sense of purpose. Religion told them why they were fighting and why it was valuable. And uh, soldiers took that seriously. Even soldiers who weren't necessarily religious wanted some sort of purpose and higher meaning in what they were doing. The second thing is that there's another myth around that there are no atheists in foxholes. And I find the diaries don't support that. On the whole, early in their um, experience, soldiers would be quite more active in religion than usual. But then they learnt that the man who prays doesn't necessarily outlive the man who doesn't. And so religion wasn't some magical uh, bulletproof cloak that they could wear. Uh, and so the longer they stayed in foxholes, the, long, the more likely they were to um, attribute their survival to fate rather than God. So, again, another popular myth that, that war makes us think seriously. It, it does, but not necessarily long-term. Another takeout is that soldiers didn't necessarily find faith nor lose faith in the war. We have examples of some who found faith. We have examples of some who lost it. We have examples of people who never had it and didn't change. But on the whole, the net effect of war isn't to increase our spirituality or decrease it. So I know you've done some work around chaplains, yes. in particular Mackenzie. Yes. What do you think the relationship was to the chaplains as opposed, I guess, to formalised religion. Did you see some themes coming through there? Yes, again, they're very much engaged with their chaplains. A soldier was more likely to write about their chaplain than about their colonel, and they generally write positively about their chaplains. And, of course, this confirms research done by Michael Gladwin in his, his excellent book, um, Keepers of the Soul, that shows that actually Australian chaplains have been highly appreciated by Australian soldiers, which again is a surprising outcome. We we didn't anticipate that. So Daniel, how do your findings change the way we remember and celebrate Anzacs? Well, this is one of the things that struck me because today uh, a lot of commentators, religious and otherwise, talk about Anzacs being Australia's secular religion. It's the one belief that holds us together. Australia Day doesn't anymore, but the Anzacs do. And it struck me as odd that we celebrate Anzac with a religiosity, with all the trappings of religion, but we insist that they weren't religious. And so I thought, wouldn't it be great to find out what the Anzacs believed? We 
generally think of them as being secular, but we celebrate them religiously. Isn't that ironic? So my book, Anzac Spirituality, is basically asking, what did the Anzacs believe? How did they stand about on, on issues of faith and, uh, and belief? What motivated them? What higher thoughts were, were with them? And I think when we remember the Anzacs today, we need to give them a bit more credit for a depth of philosophical understanding of, of an engagement with the questions of why, which is at the heart of spirituality. Speaking of why, Daniel, why, why would you say your research matters? Precisely because we've narrowed the Anzacs down to a handy bunch of ideas that are easy to retail. And what I found about the Anzac narrative, that the popular understanding, it's not that it's untrue. Uh, I found tons of evidence to support every aspect of the, the larrikin, easygoing, Aussie soldier, you know, resourceful in, in trying times, um, a great fighter, all of that, no problem with the evidence. But what we've done is edit out of the Anzac narrative a whole range of things that are also true. And I'm one of a number of scholars who are, who are trying to put some of these pieces back into the picture so that we have a, a more rich and complete understanding of who these men were. If we're going to uphold them as some sort of standard of Australianness, some sort of um, bearers of Australian value, let's really know who they are. And I don't think we can do that unless we understand their souls. And this has been an exploration of the Anzac soul. How can we access your book, Daniel, for those that want to read more and explore those questions? Okay, Anzac Spirituality, the first AIF Soldiers Speak, is published by Australian Scholarly Publishing. Uh, you could order it through your local bookshop and it's available through online outlets. Thanks for joining us today, Daniel. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to another Here for Good podcast, brought to you by the Spirituality and Worship Research Centre at Avondale College. Technical production was by Connor Bowers and Dale Willis for Honest Crow Studios. For more information, you can find us online at avondale.edu.au.